0: Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Welcome into Mox on the Mic. Chris Goforth back with you again for another week as uh, we bring you the latest on Chattanooga athletics. Going to visit today with our men's and women's golf coaches, Colette Murray, Blaine Woodruff. They'll both join us. We'll talk a little bit about Chattanooga golf. To start things off this week, it's Colette Murray. Her squad played a very tough schedule in the fall. It's a very young women's golf team at Chattanooga too. Let's uh, bring you our conversation now with Colette Murray. Well, Coach, you guys played a really competitive schedule uh, over the course of the fall. What'd you learn about your um, What'd you learn about your team?
1: We're young. <laughs> um. Dory, Dory had a really solid fall. Um, I think it's fair to say we're a little disappointed with uh, the finishes for most of the events other than the Vanderbilt one. But like I said, we are young. We've got a bunch of freshmen and a bunch of soft, sophomores in the lineup. So um, I think there's a lot of experience had. Um, a lot of learning was done both on and off the golf course. And I think we've had a really good off season, um, and we've got a really solid plan going into the spring. So
0: when you start looking at, um, young golfers, freshmen in in college, what's the biggest adjustment one has to make coming from high school and then stepping into playing division one golf?
1: I think probably time management. like just to be a student athlete at all at the level that that we do here, I think that's just such a large adjustment with the the academic expectations. And then all of a sudden, you know you're told when you work out, you're told when you practice, you're told basically when you eat, you you know you've if you're not really accustomed to that and and how demanding, that can be just like I said, generally as a student athlete. That I think that's a difficult thing, but in particular for golfers, both men and women, um, our hours, you know, are the same as other sports. But it takes longer than three hours to play a round of golf. So even if you're out there for five hours, you're only counting three, which is all above board. It's all by the rules. But I don't think people appreciate how much more time golfers actually put in than other athletes. And you know, when you when you only practice for a couple of hours a day, and then maybe you work out for an hour, um, you've got a lot more time to do other things. When you're a when you're a college golfer, you don't have a whole lot of time to do any things. Um, so I think I think just kind of adjusting to that. Um, is the biggest hurdle.
0: What do you hope this group takes from the fall and and can carry over into the spring in terms of lessons learned?
1: Uh, Getting things taken care of before we travel. That's definitely one. Um, Just staying on top of your schoolwork so that you don't get overwhelmed while you're at a tournament because you need to get this done for this day or you know, you've got this due on this at this time. Uh, I think if we can handle those things a little bit better, then when we are playing golf, we can be focused 100% on golf and not be stressing about the other things that, you you know, you might have going on.
0: I don't know that we've ever talked about it before. So can you talk a little bit about Sarah, your assistant coach, and kind of what she, has, uh, what she brings?
1: Sarah's been um, – easily one of the best additions I've made to our program. Um, she, she, I think compliments me as a coaching staff. Um, she's, I've, I've joked with her saying she's my yang, you know, she's the yang to my yang. Um, she, she, she brings a great presence, a great energy. Uh, the girls love her. She does a really good job of, of keeping their spirits up, keeping my spirits up. um, She, she enjoys the recruiting part. She enjoys, um, just finding out how she can be helpful and getting that stuff done. Um, she really has been a a tremendous asset to our program. And I just hope that we're able to keep her for a few years.
0: Yeah. She's not that far removed from college. Do you find Uh, that as a, do you find that as a, uh, a help?
1: I think it is. I mean, Yeah, she's young, but she's very mature. She played four years at at Santa Clara and then, you know, she had her COVID year at Old Dominion. Um, And and she's just, she's just a lot, she seems more mature than her age. Um, They kind of joke that her and Dory are the same year, you know, the same age, but um, she's got years of wisdom on her. And um, yeah, she's not so far removed, which I think is a good thing, but she understands that, And there has to be a a borderline of, you know, what, as an assistant coach, you know, what her role is. And I think she has a really good idea of what that is.
0: We've talked a a lot about Dory. Obviously, she is your, she's your senior. She is really your lone upperclassman uh, out of this group. She's also been your most consistent performer over the course of the the fall season. A little bit about her, her game, and where's the room for growth for her?
1: Uh, Yeah, Dory's been magnificent. Um, The last, I'd say, year, maybe year and a half, she's really transitioned into a whole new person, not just a player. And She's grown up a lot. She's matured. Um, she's in a really good situation, like a lot of fifth year seniors, you know, having that extra year uh, to play their sport. I think I think a lot of people don't really um, appreciate what one one year, how much of an impact one year can have on, you know, someone between 18 and 23 years old. Um, Dory's just been so consistent. She she knows what she wants to do after this. So that's really, I think, the driving force and in, in her wanting to have such a good performance every week. She's she's got her own personal goals from a, a world ranking standpoint and the opportunities that uh, could open up for her if she can get ranked higher. Um, so yeah, she knows she knows what she's getting after. And it's our job now at this point in time just to make sure We're doing everything that we can to, to aid her getting, you know, achieving those
0: goals. There's a lot of accents on that bus. When you guys go to travel, Scotland, South Africa, Spain, Ecuador, Poland. Uh, What's it like when you mesh all those cultures together around golf?
1: It's fun. Um, I, I don't know that golf makes it any more or less relative. I think that's the one language they all speak together. Um, we were playing that game, Mad Gab, last night at our team dinner, and the the foreigners that don't speak English had no idea what was going on. But <laughs> that, actually, that actually was, was pretty good because they were just reading exactly what they saw, and the English speakers were able to pick up uh, most of what they were saying, so... And uh, yeah, there's a lot of accents, but uh, I haven't, I haven't felt like a team. We've had a team as bond, as as with such as as good a bond as we currently have on the team right now. So um, language, language is not an issue for for us communicating with each other. Um, I think everyone does a really good job. If someone doesn't understand something, you know, they don't make fun of them for it. They just try and support them and help them, um, which is really nice.
0: You've got a small group. Uh, do you like that number-wise, having a a, a small – I mean, I would imagine from a coaching standpoint, you're able as the head coach now to do a lot more one-on-one teaching and in interaction as opposed to you have a larger squad, right?
1: Yeah. We've always had a smaller squad. I think I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with seven. Seven's kind of like my happy place, but, um, yeah, it does. It allows us to get that one-on-one time, um, with them and, and feel like you're having more of an impact and helping them develop, um, it's a little unfortunate that we only get four hours of skill instruction in the off-season because I feel like this is the time where we could really be making changes um, and, and really, you know, help develop the players as best you can. But being so limited in time, it makes it difficult. And what What makes it even more difficult is when they genuinely want you to go and help them. Like, it's not a case of we're saying you know, practice is optional and, you know, you're going to judge them for not going. Like I'm not, I'm not that kind of coach. I've never, I've never been that kind of person, but when they're, you know, sincerely saying, come and help me. And you're saying I can't because I've used my four hours. It does get a little bit frustrating.
0: This schedule does not get any easier. It looks like in the, uh, in the spring, Um, I got to ask about the, uh, the Clover cup out in, in Mesa, Arizona. How did that tournament come about for you guys?
1: Uh, begging Mark Wharton to let us go out West. I think (laughs) is uh (laughs) part of it. And he graciously has granted us, you know, permission to, to fly and, and um, that makes a huge, huge impact. We're unfortunately, we were a little bit, we are a little bit confined just from a budget standpoint and and making those kinds of trips and then trying to make your budget at the end of the year. But um, you know, he understands in order for us to be competitive, then you know, we do need to change our our um, geographic outreach. Um, so I think I think partly that, and you know just asking asking to get we can get in tournaments our biggest hurdle is always going to be financially um can we play in all of them um but that's that's definitely uh uh what's the right word um not promotion but like a step up from our our normal repertoire in the spring normally we we are able to schedule a really tough strong fall, but then we struggle sometimes to get in the good tournaments in the spring, but, um, this spring is actually looking really, really good. And, um, and we're excited to get back at it in January.
0: A little bit about the Southern conference that the championships come in, in April, mid April, a uh, little bit about what you, uh, what you've seen and what you know about the conference up till, uh, up to this point, at least.
1: Uh, I'm excited to get back to Moss Creek. Um, we've we've had a really good history there, and um, it is obviously a different golf course than the one that we played when we won uh, five in a row. But it's a it's a good area. It's a it's a it's a golf course that you you need to navigate um, the right way around it. Uh, I think I really think it's kind of up for grabs right now between us and Furman, ETSU, Mercer, and now Western Carolina is kind of in the mix. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a really interesting Southern Conference tournament, and um, I, I wouldn't say that there is a favorite at the moment. So, um, so that's pretty cool.
0: Coach, it's always a pleasure. Enjoy it and uh, look forward to catching up again after the first of the year.
1: All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Blaine Woodruff is the men's coach for Chattanooga Golf, and he joins us now on Mocks on the Mic. Coach, appreciate the time. Uh, as always, let's um, let's kind of go through this season, if you can, sort of recap um, how things went for uh, for you and your squad.
2: Yeah, um, you know, it was a uh, it was a good fall for the guys. I was I was I was, um, I was impressed by. Kind of how you know, as a new coach coming in, you never really know know what to expect. But um really proud of the guys for kind of buying into what both Coach Robinson and I kind of preached starting from the beginning. And we've got we've got some great guys. I mean, they they work really hard and um they, they bought in from the start. So to kind of see see the results pay off a little bit this fall with us getting getting two team wins and and Paul Conroy getting his first. collegiate win individually um it was it was cool so um but it's only it's only the beginning we still gotta continue to continue to get better and and kind of control what we can control and and our big thing is just getting one percent better each day and so that's kind of what we're going to take over this offseason year and and get ready for uh,
0: a great opportunity and challenge ahead of us this spring So tell me a little bit about the way things started. You guys go to Bowling Green, Florida. First off, I did not know there was a Bowling Green, Florida, but (laughs) you guys, you, you go to Florida to start and you know, you're day one, you finish ninth day two, you finish eighth out of 12 teams. How much better did your guys get from that first weekend until the end of the season? Because clearly you guys were way more competitive as you move through this, uh, this season than, than where you started.
2: Yeah. It, you know, the, the, the first, I, I think there was a little bit of maybe added pressure that our guys felt just with a, with a kind of a new team and, and kind of a fresh start, um, kind of get it going down there in Florida, that, that first round. And, um, we just tried to kind of take it, take it one day, one shot at a time. And, and they got better as the event went on. And, and I, I thought that there was, even though we finished, I think seventh, um, there was a lot of positives. I mean, we, we beat, we beat a Florida Atlantic team that basically returned the same team they had last year and they, they, they made regionals. Um So there was a lot of positives and that was kind of what I harped on the guys. I remember sitting in the airport. It was like, okay, that wasn't, wasn't the result that we we wanted but there was a lot of good this week so if like we can take that and kind of build off of that and then um continue to get better at the areas that we need to improve on we're we're gonna be okay and um they kind of went with that and and we just kind of tried to build on that as as time went on there and i felt like really each event we we kind of got better and better and the guys started believing more and, and that's that's really the key chris is um, the guys started believing that they were good. I mean, I I can tell them as much as I want as a coach that I think they're good. Um, but with this game so crazy that until until they see it and kind of start believing it, um, it doesn't really matter what I say. So that that was the, the cool part is, winning into NC State and then um winning at at Furman by a decent amount. Getting in the van afterwards, I could kind of hear them talking in the back of like okay, we're, we're pretty good, and um, that, that puts a smile on your face as a coach.
0: Talk to me about Paul Conroy and the, and the season he had. W- would you say he has been the most consistent? Yeah, either him or Sam. I mean, Sam finished
2: top ten in the first four events um, and then barely missed the top ten in our last event in California. Him, Paul, and John have, have been uh, really, really steady – for us. Um, Paul, obviously getting that first college win was huge shooting 62 in the final round. I mean, that was, that was awesome. Um, Cause he, he started off kind of rough in, in Florida. And I know that he was, he was frustrated and disappointed in how he played, but um, credit to him. I mean, he, he had kind of a different uh, vibe about him after that week that he was like, okay, I got, I got to get to work. And um, it, it paid off as, as the fall went on. So, um really proud of him and and kind of how he how he battled back after our first our first event in Florida and um ended up getting that first win.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's a heck of a run for him up in Raleigh at the Wolfpack Intercollegiate and then uh, at the uh the Furman event as well. Um that that's pretty good uh back-to-back weekends for a guy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> So let's turn our focus. I want to come back to some of the other players in in just a minute. We'll we'll talk about some of the other guys, but I want to turn the focus here real quick on what is to come because you guys have uh, the – winter spring portion of your season that starts in in February uh another trip to Florida this time it's Jacksonville I know where Jacksonville is but uh, a little bit about the the schedule and the competition you guys are going to face here in the uh in the spring
2: yeah spring this the spring schedule um we, we actually didn't have one when I when I got here and so kind of had to throw it together and I, I'm really thankful for um, the coaches that that allowed us to get in these events. I mean, we've got some really good events. Um, the hate starting off in Jacksville, the one you're talking about, is an awesome event hosted by North Florida. Um, Alabama's going to be there. Vanderbilt's going to be there. Arkansas is going to be there. They're all top 10, top 15 teams in the country. So it's going to be a great, great opportunity for us to kind of see really where we stand. Um, and then we're going to go from there to Auburn. Auburn's got a great event um down in Opelika and and they're the number 1 team in the country right now. So um from there we'll go to linger longer which is another great field that's stacked with SEC and ACC schools. So this spring's going to be it's going to be a great test for us to kind of see see really where we stand and um you know I I'm excited to to see how the guys handle kind of the opportunity and the challenge. And, and I, I know that we're, we're, we're ready for it. And, um, so yeah, excited about the future this, this spring.
0: What needs to happen for you guys to continue to move forward? Talk to me about, you know, how how do you take that next step now?
2: No, I I think it, it goes back to kind of what we preached on at the beginning. And, um, really kind of controlling what we can control, which is just trying to get a little bit better each day. And and um, I, I'm sure the guys are probably sick of me saying this, but um, I mean, that's our big thing is just get 1% better each day and control what we can control. Um, at the end of the day, if, if we do that and we leave the golf course or leave our facility and feel like we got 1% better, then we can, we can rest our head in the pillow at night and and, and feel good about it. And and that's what's in our control. the 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 tough part is this game, and um, really, sports in general kind of starts making you think about the big picture, and you start looking too far ahead. Um, but our our goal really is just to kind of stay in the moment and just try to keep getting better as a group, and then seeing where that stacks up and being okay with with where that ends up. Because I I believe that we're really talented, and I believe that if we if we do our part, the the results are going to come, and we're going to continue just to to get better as, as the year goes on.
0: We've talked a a little bit about Paul already. You mentioned some of the other guys, including, uh, Sam Espinosa, a little bit about Sam and and what you saw from him, kind of his progression over the course of this season. Yeah. I mean, Sam's a heck of a player.
2: Um, he was, like I said, super steady for us this fall Four top tens and then, almost got a fifth one there in California. He birdied, I think three of his last five holes to, I don't know, he finished T13 or something just, just outside of the top 10. Um, great player. And I think he would even say that he all, all five of those events, he didn't really have his best game, um, but he did, he did well enough to score and, and and did a good job kind of managing what he had each week to, to keep him in the mix. So um that's always a good thing as a player to play that well and and still feel like I can get a lot better. It wasn't like he he did all that and was like coach that's all I got. That's the best I can do. It wasn't that way at all. So that part's exciting. I mean, he's he's still like the other guys, still just trying to get a little bit better each day and um you know, hopefully he he's got a big spring ahead of him. I I, I know he's he's definitely got it in him.
0: Who was a surprise for you this year?
2: Um I don't. I don't know if I. I'd really go towards one person. I, I would say really our our depth. I mean, we we had eight of our nine guys play this fall in tournaments, which, um, as as a coach, you you love because that's, um, that means you have a competitive team. So at home, when we have qualifying and stuff, we've got different guys coming in and out of the lineup that are getting to play. Um, I I, I was a little bit surprised with. With how much contributions we had from basically everybody in our lineup, um, Carson Johnson, uh, local kid from Signal Mountain. I mean, he he played in two events. Um, re- really, pretty much the whole roster at, at least got in there, and so that was that was exciting for me to see. Um, because if we kind of keep doing that, then everybody's going to push each other, and we're not going to just have the same five guys that go every single week and. Um, everybody's going to end up getting better that way because um, they're going to kind of push each other for for spots in the event and um, the more competitive we can be at home and the more our guys can push each other at home the 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 better we're going to play in tournaments and it's just going to bring out the best in everybody.
0: You mentioned Carson Johnson. I was going to ask you about Nick Etherton, uh, two young guys that, uh, yeah. got a chance to, to compete for you a little bit this year. How big of a jump is it when you go from, uh, from playing high school golf to division one college golf?
2: It's definitely a big jump. I mean, the 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 way the, the golf courses are set up is is much harder than probably ninety-eight percent of, of junior golf events, other than really the the top, top upper echelon of, of junior events. Um pins are harder, the greens are firmer, it's longer. So it's it's definitely an adjustment. Um most of the time you'll see junior golfers just Fire flags all the time and and be able to get away with it. You have to hit some bad shots, but you just can't do that in college golf. So it's a little bit um, of kind of a game management strategy change that they're they're normally not used to. Is um, hitting it to twenty five to thirty feet is actually a good shot now versus in junior golf they don't think that's very good. Um, so it takes a lot of discipline and it's kind of something that they have to kind of learn and that and that's normal. That that's that's part of it, but. Um, you mentioned Nick, and man, I'm so proud of him. He he's probably been our most improved player uh, this fall, from when he came in in August to qualifying for our last event there in California. Um, it's it was really night and day. The, the type of player that he's he's becoming, and I'm really excited about his future. He's a kid that really wants to be great, and uh, just like everybody else on our team, and I I think he's really. Learned how to kind of thrive off of guys around him, kind of pushing him and uh, has really stepped up to the challenge. So super, super proud of him.
0: You got the Southern Conference Championships coming up April 23rd. I know you and I will talk again uh, before that. Give me a little early season look at the conference and and what do you think? How much do you know about the, uh, the rest of the uh, Southern Conference right now?
2: Yes, yeah, so we got to see a decent amount of them this fall. Um, you know, the Southern Conference is is really becoming a great conference for golf. Um, I, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I want to say we have five teams in the top 60, 70, maybe six. Um, so it's it's a deep conference. Um, ETSU and Jake Amos over there, they've, they've been great for a while. He's done a great job there. Uh, Matt Davidson at Furman has done a great job. Terrence at UNCG has done a great job. So um, there's there's some there's some good teams in our conference. But you know, I I feel like where we are, um, this is kind of only the beginning, and and that we're only going to continue to kind of get better. And so I'm excited to see see how the guys respond this spring and um, kind of the trajectory that we're on, and and just continue to get better, getting ready for. For conference and and i mean I, I i fully believe that if our our five guys whoever they are that week if 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 we bring our our a game or even um b plus game uh i i feel like we've we've got a good shot this year
0: coach appreciate the time as always look forward to catching up with you again soon and uh good luck to your guys won't be too much longer till uh you guys will be uh you'll be back on the uh on the course down in uh, in Jacksonville starting February 5th. Uh, enjoy the holidays and we'll talk soon. Thanks
2: Chris, you too. Go Mox.
0: That's going to do it for us. It is uh, another week here of Mox on the mic. Glad to be with you as always and we hope that you will tell a friend about Mox on the mic. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review. It helps Mox fans find us. It helps us find Mox fans out there. It helps put this podcast in front of more people. So please subscribe, rate, and review to Mox on the Mic. For our producer, Tate Johnson, we'll be back with you again next week for another episode. Until then, so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.